Hello and welcome to Donnacloney Parish Dial-In Service. We're glad you can join with us in the services that we're trying to produce Sunday by Sunday and we hope you're encouraged and helped and challenged by them. We want you to know that we are still trying to connect with people and if you need any help at this time, whether for prescriptions or uh, for help or just want to speak to someone, please phone the rectory on 3888 or the Curedage on 3888-2511. We're here to help you. We hope you enjoy this service. privilege we have to open God's word together. Uh, we often don't understand what that privilege is like because we're so used to being able to do it. So uh, let's get our Bibles open, whether you're at home uh, watching this or uh, you're about the place, get on your phone, open Exodus 20, get your Bibles open. And as you're doing that, why don't we pray together? Let's bow our heads as we pray. Heavenly Father, we ask you to meet with us uh, by your spirit, through your word, that we want to understand what it means to know your rest and that rest can only be found in you. And so, Lord, we ask you to speak and for us to listen and to obey so that we bring honour to God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, many of you might be aware of a film uh, I don't know what year it was released, uh, but it's the film Chariots of Fire. It's based on a runner car called a Scottish runner called Eric Little. He was a truly gifted athlete. Uh, the 1924 Summer Olympics in Paris, he refused to run in the heats for his favoured 100 metres because he refused, as a Christian, to run on the Sabbath, to run on a Sunday. Instead, he competed not in the 100 metres, but in the 400 metres, held on a weekday, which he won and received the gold medal. Now, many of us in Northern Ireland know what it's like to live through. If you're my age or a little bit older, you'll know what it is to have restrictions on a Sunday. And in fact, Sundays were very different than they are today. I remember when I was a young man in Belfast and I was able to walk through the city of Belfast on a Sunday. And the shops weren't open. It was like a, it was like a deserted city. And yet, just a dec decade or two later, the shopping centres in Belfast and closer to home in Rushmere are as busy as they are on any other day. Well, let's look at the fourth commandment here, Exodus twenty, verse eight to eleven. But we'll just read verse eight. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. I wonder when I read those words, Sabbath day, keep it holy, what were you thinking? What went through your head? For many listening, uh, that commandment will be linked to boring, long, tiresome Sundays. Nitpicking legalism. You brushed your shoes on a Saturday night, you got out your clothes, you laid them out, and you dared not do anything on a Sunday. That law links people with chaining up park swings on a Sunday. And I guess people who react that way, who think that it's all about legalism, 
will be very glad that the Sabbath has largely been forgotten about, a relic of a dinosaur age. We're now free to do whatever we like. If we want to go shopping on Sunday, we can. We can do whatever we like because we live in the 21st century with all its freedoms. And maybe there's others that as I speak about the Sabbath, there's not much of a response at all. Because actually the Sabbath doesn't mean anything to you. And yet when we turn to the Bible, it's full of talk about the Sabbath. In fact, in Isaiah 58, the Sabbath is described as a delight. That's not how most people think about it. So maybe we need to have our thoughts of the Sabbath challenged. And if you're joining us, uh, we've been through a study of the Ten Commandments. This is the fourth. And so let's listen to this commandment in its entirety. Let's read from Exodus 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall, do, you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your hometowns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. The Sabbath is a holy day of rest. It's a holy day of rest for God's people. Remember here, as they get these commandments, they're at Mount Sinai. And God is speaking his commandments out. Remember, they flow from who God is and what he has done for his people. Remember, he's a redeeming God. And we remember that there is one true God. And therefore, we have the commandment that number one, no other gods. You see that God is so great, you can't compare him to anything. He's incomparable. And so no idols. We'll make an image. Listen instead to what he has to say. And God is worthy. He's waiting. He's a jealous God in that right sense. So don't use his name in vain. And now God says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Now holy means set apart. And we could ask, well, what is that day set apart for? Well, we get the answer as we read on in verses 9 and 10. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. Quite simply, the Sabbath was a day of rest, of stopping, of stepping back from your usual six days of grind. And in the Bible, to work is to be blessed. It's a blessing. And right from the beginning, Adam and Eve were told to work in the garden. But also right from the beginning of creation, we could see that work wasn't all there was. We also see that after the fall, work will be hard. And so God says one day in seven is to be a day of rest. Some people might react to that and say, there's no way I can do that. Not with my family, not with my mortgage. That's impossible. But look, to understand what God is saying here, we need to understand the Sabbath properly. Now, if we're talking about works of necessity and mercy, and, you know, for example, doctors or mothers working, if they stopped working on a Sunday, you and I would be in a sticky wicket. 
But as people push back against the Sabbath, as people say they must be able to shop and work on the Sabbath, we need to ask, why? And the answer to that question is because society says to you, you can't stop. Why is it unrealistic to say, keep the Sabbath? Eugene Peterson has said, if you don't take a Sabbath, something is wrong. You're doing too much. You're too much in charge. You've got to quit one day a week and just watch what God is doing when you're doing nothing at all. And this commandment really gets to the heart of the commandments themselves because this commandment challenges us by asking, who's your God? Who's your God? So if you don't follow the one true God, your idol will be your work, your standing in society, how others, people see you, etc. But keeping the Sabbath for Christians is a reminder that there is one true God and he knows what's best for us. He will provide for us and he has provided for us. And something that we don't often see in this command is that it's a command primarily to the head of the house, usually a man. He was to make sure that not only he rested himself, but that the rest of the household could rest. So if their workers, animals, or guests within, they had to get a rest too. And if we look at that, we see that naturally it's costly to keep the Sabbath. And so maybe an application for us husbands is this. If we're to be responsible for our wives, how can we help them have a Sabbath? So yes, Lisa, I will do the washing up. I want you to have a rest. And often as we think about this command, we usually think about how it affects me. We think about it in individualistic ways. We usually use the terms, think of it in terms of, I can or can't do it. We rarely think about it in terms of God and of others. Because after all, if the Sabbath is a blessing, part of the way I will behave will not be for my benefit. It will be for the benefit of others. I have to think of how can I free others to enjoy the blessing, the joy, and the delight of the Sabbath. So, holy day of rest, but what's it for? How is it a blessing? Well, first of all, this is a day to look back. And two events we're supposed to look back to. Just look at verse 11. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So we're to look back to the creation to Genesis 2, verses 1 to 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. But the seventh day God had finished the work he'd been doing. On the seventh day he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So God rested. But that didn't mean that God in six days was out of puff and needed to put his feet up for a day. No, it shows us that God's creation was finished and the ultimate aim of all creation was rest, rest, 
this day of blessing, this, this rest. And because this is part of a creation pattern, this is actually for everyone, not just Christians. But part of the reason that people don't take the Sabbath seriously is because they don't take God the Creator seriously. This pattern of Sabbath doesn't make any sense to them. So as we observe the Sabbath, what we're saying is we depend on God, our Creator. It's not our efforts that get us through the week. We rely upon God. So we look back to creation. But we're also to look back to redemption. Do you remember Mount Sinai? God's people were to head into the promised land. It takes them a long time because of their sin. 40 years in the wilderness. But just before they enter into it, and a new uh, generation is to enter into the promised land, Moses reminds them of the Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy chapter 5. Deuteronomy, second law. It's a very similar passage to the one we've been studying in Exodus 20. But I want you to turn in your Bibles, uh, if you get your Bibles there, to turn to Deuteronomy chapter chapter 5. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 5. Let's flick it open there. And look at the Ten Commandments there. And we're going to read verses 12 to 15. I want you to listen to them and see what's the difference between Exodus 20, verses 8 to 11, and Deuteronomy 5, verses 12 to 15. Here as we look at this fourth commandment. Here it is. Observe the Sabbath by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or your daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox, your donkey, or any of your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt. And that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. The difference is obvious, isn't it? It's the exodus. God's rescue of his people. Do you remember how God had saved them, the Passover and the Red Sea? God had freed them from their enemies to make them his own. And it was so good, so gracious, so wonderful that on the Sabbath day they were to stop and they were to reflect upon it. The kindness, the grace of God towards them. And today we look back, but not to that exodus, but to a greater rescue. The cross and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the point, isn't it? We so easily get caught up with the rest of the world, with their rhythms, we, we begin to forget all that the Lord God is and all that he has done and is doing for us. All we can enjoy because he has made us in Christ, his people, his treasured possession. Now we can read our Bibles and we can pray. It's a good thing to do to remind ourselves of what Christ has done for us. But in this one day, one day out of seven, we rest from our work, we put it aside, and we remember what God has done for us in Christ. We remember God's grace, his mercy, his love, his forgiveness. It's a day for looking back to creation and redemption. 
It's also a day to look forward to the new creation. So think of the people of Sinai. They're traveling. They're getting to the promised land. They're looking forward to all that God had promised them. And what is described there as they get into the promised land, what is described there is rest. And actually this rest points forward even to a greater rest. So again, if you've got your Bibles, open in your Bibles to the New Testament. Uh, and we're going to go to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4. Uh, let's open it together uh, as I get it here. Hebrews chapter 4. Here we go. Hebrews chapter 4. And we're going to read verse 8 and 9. For if Joshua had been given them had given them rest, God would not have spoken them later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. What Hebrews is reminding us and telling us is that there is a coming day when things like COVID-19, social distancing, washing our hands for 20 seconds, not being able to gather as a church as we'd like, not being able to sing as we like, not being able maybe to celebrate Christmas and harvest as we like, those days will be gone. And sickness and suffering and death will be gone. And we will rest with Christ, in Christ, in the very presence of Christ. But the daily news bulletin where we see people dying, We see people suffering, things like Beirut, the, the hard things that we see that remind us that we're not there yet. We need to remind ourselves this is not our home. We need to remind ourselves we are looking for our heavenly home. And we know that we will get there. We know that we will get there because of Jesus. Remember the wonderful words of Jesus? Matthew 11, verses 28 and 29, we began our service with them. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. What an invitation. See, even as we've turned our backs on God, God in Jesus still wants people to enjoy that original creation rest in Christ. That rest that has no end. If you look at the other days of creation, it says there was evening, morning, the first day, second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day. We don't see it in the seventh day because it speaks of an eternal rest. We don't work for it. We don't deserve it. And yet Jesus in his grace comes and offers it to us. So we trust him, looking forward to rest in him eternally. And what, what Sabbath is for, is for us to be given a day that can help us think about what Jesus has won for his people. And so do you see this as a gift, not a burden. It's a joy, not a drag. It's the highlight of the week where we get to stop from work and we think of all that God has done for us in Jesus. And if we were thinking clearly, we would chase for a Sunday. We would be pent up, ready for a Sunday, wouldn't we? 
If we were thinking clearly, if we were thinking the same lines that God thinks, we would be, oh, so ready to get the Sunday to praise Almighty God. It's something we want all week. Yet we can't because we have to work. The bills have to be paid. But God says, do set aside time to focus on me. To think of all that I've done. Do think back to creation. Do think back to me saving you in Christ. Do look forward to the new creation. And do spend this day thanking me for my gifts. Do thank me. Do praise me. Do delight in me. And how we do that is we gather together. As you study through the Bible, you'll see that in Leviticus, the Sabbath day is a day for God's people to gather together. And that makes sense. It makes real sense, doesn't it? We're going to praise God for his grace and we're going to spur one another on. Well, we've got to do it as we gather. And if we can't gather, we've got to do it electronically like this, where we, in the comments, we need to, to, to bless each other by saying, come on, guys, keep on going in Christ. What about us? How does this apply with the coming of Jesus? Well, hopefully we're now seeing that the Sabbath is something really positive. Because if our attitude is just that it's a drag, we need to go back into the Old Testament and we see we need to see it as a gift, a delight, a joy, a pleasure. And actually, we shouldn't think about getting rid of it. We should be thinking, how can I open up this gift to enjoy it as well? So when Jesus came, he said, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath, because it's a God-given gift for our benefit. So how do we celebrate the Sabbath? Well, just think of what we've seen this morning. The Sabbath is a one day out of seven creation order. We're still part of creation, so this must still apply to us. And like the Israelites, we too look back to the day of redemption. Yes, ours is a much greater in Jesus' death and resurrection, and yet we still experience hard work, so we look for our heavenly rest. But as we read on the Bible, it does seem that the Apostle Paul seems to speak negatively about the Sabbath. It's meant to puzzle us, because if Paul is saying to get rid of the Sabbath, that goes against the rest of the Bible, so we think, what's going on here? Now, we don't have time to look at Galatians and Romans and Colossians, where passages like that come from. But as often as the case in the epistles, Paul is correcting some false teaching, and in particular, he's challenging those who are misusing the Old Testament in various ways. Even in Jesus' day, there were those who used the Sabbath legalistically. They made the day, the day into days of do's and don'ts so that it became more important than healing or saving somebody's soul. And then there were others who said if the non-Jews, the Gentiles, were to become Christians, well, they had to become Jews first and follow all the Jewish law. Of course, Paul is saying, no, 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 you don't need to do that to become a Christian. And so in those contexts, of course, don't follow Sabbath like that. It's not a, a legalistic thing. It's not something we do in order to win our salvation. No, it's something where if we have salvation, we celebrate. So what does the fourth commandment look like today? Well, one day in seven, and honestly, we don't need to get fixated what day that actually is. But with the coming of Jesus and his resurrection, 
It changed the way of the week. It actually changed the day that the Sabbath was held. Jews held it on a Saturday. With the resurrection of Jesus, it moved to Sunday. So no wonder the Jews found it very difficult and resisted it. The Gospels in 1 Corinthians speak of Christian meeting on the first day of the week. And in the book of Revelation, the Apostle John says that he received this vision on the Lord's Day. And that's why we meet on the Lord's Day on Sundays. Not because we have to. Not because we think it wins us favor with God. We do it as a gift. To together we have the joy of remembering the one true God who wants us to know him, who wants us to know him as creator and redeemer. We come together to listen to what he has to say to us in the Bible and we respond in thanks and praise, giving honor to his name. And we as a group of Christians gather together and encourage one another and all the more as we see the day approaching of that new creation. And as you come to church, you'll probably see we're a mixed bunch. Naturally, we wouldn't all be together. But again, that's something to praise God for. That is a wonder of God's grace. Together we bear witness to this astonishing grace of God in Christ. That God saves and gathers people who normally wouldn't fit together. And so we choose to gather on the Lord's Day because it is a delight to do so. To know in Christ we're brothers and sisters. To gather as brothers and sisters to help each other to keep on living for the Lord Jesus Christ this coming week. And so we come together and we look back on all that God has done for us in Christ. And we look forward to that great day when we will see Jesus face to face and where we will enjoy that rest that he came to give us. So let's enjoy meeting together. Let's enjoy God's Sabbath. Let's see it as a delight, a gift, not a drag. It is far from a depressing thing. It is a joyous thing. And so remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Separate it. Separate from your work. Set aside time. Trust God to provide gather with God's people to hear all of what God has done for us in Christ. And let's encourage each other all the more as we see that day of Christ's return coming closer and closer. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we praise you for who you are and all that you've done for us. Thank you for creating us and creating this world for us to enjoy. We thank you for sending your son to save us from our sin, that we might know you. We thank you for the wonderful rest we have in Christ. And so help us to remember these things and make the most of every opportunity you give us to gather on that Sabbath day. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, let's encourage us, each other, this Sunday. Uh, you might be watch watching this on your Sabbath day, which might be a different day. But we're going to sing together, Turn Your Eyes on Jesus. Thank you for being with us today. We pray that this service has been an encouragement to you, a challenge and a help to build you up in your faith in Christ. We've now ended our church service and we'd be delighted if you can join with us again.
Thank you for being with us in Donna Cluny Parish. God bless you.